A new month means new Rookie of the Year updates from Major League Baseball. Let's get after it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more odds, props, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. And when we talk about props from Bet Online, the big one that I've been tracking all year. Shout out to our buddy Jimmy over there, keep sending these over to me, is Rookie of the Year. We have a new update on the odds. I figured we'd check in and let's see where things are going. Let's start off with the American League. So you may remember preseason favorites here, Bobby Witt, Spencer Torkelson, Adley Rutschman. Right now, looks a little bit different. So first, let's talk about who is not on the board anymore. Stephen Kwan is not off the board. Stephen Kwan has come off of the board. His performance has cooled off. He's kind of come back to earth a bit. He's no longer there. Spencer Torkelson, same thing. He went from 4-1 to one to 5-1 to one to 7-2. and two. He is now off the board. Stat line on the season for Torkelson, 194, 296, 316. Four home runs, 13 RBIs. He's just struggled to get into a groove there in Detroit. He doesn't play a premium defensive position, so you're not getting a lot of extra value there. And so he has fallen off the boards completely. Uh, guys whose odds have gotten a little bit better, but he still comes in at fifth in the odds, is Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman. Uh, I think he came up in odds a bit. He was 16-1 to 1 last time we did an update. And I think he's come up in the odds a bit because he's finally debuted. Uh, it started off with the, the strained triceps, missed a couple weeks, had to do minor league rehab and things like that before he finally got called up. He's been up now for about 14 games. These stats are all as of Wednesday morning. Uh, how the sausage is made here, I am leaving for Jamaica tomorrow morning, and I will not be back until early next week. So I am pre-recording a couple shows. Uh, this one obviously is the day before, but Fridays and then Mondays are going to be a, a little bit um, delayed stat-wise simply because I'm having to record them early before I leave. So anyway, Adley Rutschman, 14 games as of now. Uh, seen a little bit of success, but obviously still quite a bit of struggles. Batting 145, 230, 200 is the slash line. Uh, and again, small sample size. He only has 14 games. Uh, no home runs, no RBIs, no stolen bases. Extra base hits have been, he's had a few. He had a triple. His first hit was a triple, same as Manny Machado did, same as Matt Wieters did. Uh, he has a couple doubles in there, but no home runs as of yet. And it's something where catchers usually aren't great fits for rookie of the year because there is so much that goes into catching at the big league level. There's so much you have to do to prepare every single day to adjust to the game and not necessarily something where I expect you to do really well out of the gate simply because so much you got to do. So I understand this. I still think he's going to be a really good big leaguer. I still think he's going to contend for all-star games in the future. He's just not a guy where you're going to see him do a tons of stuff right up front. And that's simply because, I mean, there's, there's just so much going on. Um, number four in this is somebody who I don't think we've talked a lot about in the Rookie of the Year discussion until now. 
but pitcher Joe Ryan of the Twins. So Joe Ryan was traded from the Rays to the Twins in the Nelson Cruz deal last year. He was a seventh rounder in 2018, signed um, and went from the alternate training site to the Biscuits in 2020. I'm sorry, went to the Biscuits, to the alternate training site, and then AAA got traded in the middle of the year. So he spent AAA in two different places and then debuted late last season, got in five games last year. He's got eight right now. So on the season, five and two, 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 eight ERA, um, 43 to third innings. He's given up 14 walks to 42 strikeouts, only allowed three home runs. So it's less than three home run, uh, less than three walks per nine innings, almost nine strikeouts per nine innings, and a whip of just under one. He's he's that classic control pitcher, right? So, uh, you know, fastball dominant, throws a ton. Still one of those guys that we've talked on the show before about how the fastball seems to be decreasing a bit in baseball. Uh, he still throws it a ton, sixty five percent of the time. Which is odd. It's got below average velocity, below average spin, but he throws it from a lower slot. He throws it up in the zone. It carries up into the zone. Still does really well. Um, throws a slider quite a bit. Not quite a bit. Throws it about 17% of the time, which is a lot for him if one pitch is 66%. Um, he gets a lot of swing and miss on it. Sometimes has a change up. Sometimes has a curveball. But the big thing is he can throw these for strikes. So he throws him for the strikes. Um, he can he can challenge hitters, whether they're lefties or righties, and has really done kind of well. I want to see some of these secondaries improve because I feel like he relies too much on the fastball. Um, but the good thing is he's not relying on the fastball velo because of below average fastball velo. He's just relying on the inherent characteristics of him as far as the slot and the carry and things like that. So I feel better about the slot maintaining than I do about a velo maintaining. Uh, but still, would love to see the slider. Uh, it has improved. I would love to see it get better. And I would love the changeup or the curveball, one of those to kind of flash a little better than they do. Because he's really, uh, I mean, he's a back of the rotation starter. He's a number one. I'm sorry, he's a number five right now. I could see him maybe getting up to a three if you can get one of either the change or the curveball to be at, even above average. Uh, but right now he is at six, uh, he has at six to one odds for rookie of the year. Um, and he's, you know, and he's things that help him uh, 1.4 war. I think he's top 10 in the American league in war for our pitchers and then home run rate of only 1.7%. So does pretty well there. Uh, tied with him is our guy, Bobby Witt Jr. This is a Bobby Witt podcast. Um, he is also tied at six to one on the odds. Slash on of 215, 262, 415. He's got seven home runs, 28 RBIs, and eight stolen bases across 55 games. Uh, and the thing here for Bobby Witt is the versatility has been helpful. Uh, he's, a, he's a pure shortstop. He can stick at shortstop. He's played 30 games at, and, at third and 25 at short. And it's because he was at third when Alberto Mondesi was up. Alberto Mondesi tore an ACL out for the year. He shifted to short. And so now it's however they combine the outfield. You've got Whit Merrifield plays in the outfield or second. You've got Nicky Lopez plays short or second. You've got Bobby Witt that plays short or third. So when Merrifield's in the infield, you have Merrifield, Lopez, Witt. When Merrifield's in the outfield, you have Lopez and Witt there in the middle. 
Um, he's been he's been a little he had really slow to start the season. I know I have him in fantasy. Um, <laughs> he's gotten better, especially in May. His May was better than than his than his April was. I hope his June is even better. I think the only reason he went down from nine to two odds to six to one odds is because guys above him had got better odds. Guys above him kind of separated from the pack a bit. And those two guys were looking at a Jeremy Pena and a Julio Rodriguez. So Jeremy Pena, second in the odds, went from nine to two to five to two. Uh, slash line here, 278, 332, 466, eight home runs, 25 RBIs, four stolen bases. And I'm going to go ahead and get the stat line for Julio as well. Julio Rodriguez, um, three and two odds right now, but slash line 273, 330, 426. Seven home runs, 26 RBIs, 17 stolen bases, which leads the American League for the record. Might be one of the tops in all of baseball. And offensively, they're very close to the same hitter as far as the, count, the stats and the counting stats. They're one off in home runs, one off in RBIs. The difference here has been Julio is excelling at stealing bases. Jeremy Pena is excelling at defense. And that's not saying Julio's a bad defender. Jeremy Pena's been very good. So he, Jeremy Pena is second in defensive war in the American League. And he's fourth in total war. And part of that is the value of that defense. He's played a very good defense uh, in Houston to the point where there's not as many people heartbroken and upset about losing Carlos Correa as you would have expected. Not saying he's better than Correa, but saying he's played very good defense and contributed timely hitting and decent offense. Julio Rodriguez has played good defense. His big thing has been the stolen bases. So Rodriguez, 3-2. to two. Pena behind him at 5-2. to two. And then Witt and Ryan at 6-1. to one. Rutschman at 10-1. to one. Torgelson and Quan off the board completely. In just a minute, I want to cover the National League, where I think it's a little bit of... It's a little bit more of a one-man race, but there's some potential there to make some changes. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you love chewy, chocolatey brownies, you can get a caramel brownie with caramel swirl on top. You can have all of that plus 17 grams of protein because Built.com has caramel brownie bars available right now. You got to act fast. They are a fan favorite, but these are better than dessert. They fit your macros, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. Uh, it is a caramel brownie covered in 100% real chocolate. So you get the caramel, you get the chocolate, the brownie flavor. It is absolutely fantastic, and you don't have to sacrifice taste for your health. Um, tasty is the new healthy. That's the thing Built Bar is talking about right now. Tasty is the new healthy. You can go to Built.com and get your box of caramel brownie bars now. While you're there at Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So National League Rookie of the Year, what we're looking at here is, okay, one, this was a wide open race. A lot of guys have come off the board. Bryson Stott, off the board. C.J. Abrams, back in AAA, off the board. Hunter Green, off the board, in effectiveness. Joey Bart, in effectiveness, off the board. Nick Lodolo, in effectiveness, off the board. Seth Beer, ineffectiveness and lack of outstanding production. He's a DH. It's already hard enough to do this. Off the board. We've added a couple guys uh, to this. So, um, first one we've added 
is Luis Gonzalez. So he's a guy that I, we haven't talked about a lot. And part of it is because I kind of forget, this is the third major league season he's played in. So I kind of forget he's still technically a rookie, but he is. Um, so playing for the Giants right now was part of that trade last year. So slash line, 322 367, 433. Two home runs, 20 RBIs, and three stolen bases in 36 games. Um, has also pitched in four innings across three games with a six ERA. I don't think he's here to be a pitcher. Don't worry about that. But he's done it. I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, he has played 24 games in right field. He has played 17 games in left field. He's played six games in center. He was the DH once, and he, like I said, he's pitched three times. But the real thing here is the counting stats are, I'm sorry, like the slash on everything is pretty good. I don't know how much of this is sample size. He got um, six games with the White Sox last year, and he was a 250, 455, 500 hitter. Higher OPS, lower average. Now he has an 811 OPS and a 322 batting average. I think some of this is still small sample size noise. If you want to take him, he's at 33 to 1. Uh, Cudge called Jimmy at Bet Online. He'll take care of you. But I think at this moment, probably need to wait for a little bit more of a sample size before we can actually say, yes, he's a legitimate threat for Rookie of the Year. Another guy who was off the board and is now on the board is Juan Yepes. Has not been on the board until this newest update. Um, but he is now at 12 to 1 odds. So he jumped up the board. He went from not on it to 12 to 1 rather quickly. Um, he plays, I mean, he's a first baseman by trade. He's got seven games there. He's only started three because obviously you've got a first baseman in St. Louis. It's pretty decent. He's played 13 games in left field, uh, six and right. And he's DH for seven games slash line, 267, 331, 438, four home runs, 11 RBIs, no stolen bases, which I don't expect a first baseman to steal a ton of bases. Perfectly fine. That's not a big deal. Um, 12 to 1 odds right now. And again, it's something where they've been trying to get that offense into the lineup. It's so tricky there for St. Louis this year because you have Albert Pujols. Uh, obviously, your, 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 your corner infield is Nolan Arenado uh, and Goldschmidt. And so it's hard to, like, you have to find at-bats. Like I said, they've been using him in outfield some. He started a couple games. He's come in as a replacement in first base. He DH'd a couple times, but they're just having to work it in. So he's been up for more games, but he's, you know, he's only played in 19, even though he's been around for 31. And it's simply because it's hard to get him consistent starts. Uh, I don't necessarily, barring some sort of injury where he plays every day, I don't see him playing well enough to get into the conversation for Rookie of the Year. So another one, I think we can kind of move on. I think we're okay here. We can go, we can look at Alec Thomas. Uh, and Alec Thomas, the outfitter for the Diamondbacks, is interesting. He opened the season at 12-1. to 1. He was one of those guys, he was one of the favorites for Rookie of the Year. Um, like top four, top five guy. Came off the board because he didn't get called up. They finally, um, they finally have gotten back. So he is now back at 12-1 to 1 odds. Uh, slash line of 233, 286, 456, five home runs, 13 RBIs. No stolen bases. That's something I think we expected. Uh, he's played just, he's played 27 games in center field, started 26 of them, played the entire game. 
came in as a replacement in the 27th one. So um, he's already fifth in the National League in assists. Uh, he's fourth in errors. He's already turned a double play. He actually leads um, for double plays turned by a center fielder in the National League. What a, what a weird stat. Because um, he has one. It's just it happens so rarely. But yeah, already second in assists. So he's making his presence known both defensively and offensively. And this is something where he is valued more as part of that complete package necessarily um, than just what he's doing on offense. His offense, again, is not bad. It's not bad offense, but part of his value derives from what he's doing on defense as well. Um, so, you know, it, he is contributing. He is helping. Um, it's not an amazing Diamondbacks team. They're not bad, but they're not great. Um, I think the big issue that I have here with Alex Thomas, he's only walked five times in almost 100 plate appearances. And so it's something where he's not stealing bases. He's not walking a ton. So it's entirely, that's why his on-base percentage isn't that much higher than his, than his batting average. It's just uh, he needs to get on base more. He needs to figure out how to get on base more. And that's an issue that we knew about going into this. So I'm not necessarily super concerned about that. But I just think to have an impact, you're playing every day to have an impact. It's going to be an offensive, like rookie of the year is an offensive race. You can't play all world defense and be an average offensive guy uh, and win rookie of the year. You got to have surprising offensive numbers. And so I just don't think he's going to do it. Uh, Say Suzuki uh, started off off the board, rose as high as five to eight odds. Now is down to 11 to four odds. Um, but playing for the Cubs obviously came in off of a, uh, Came in at age 27 from Japan, signed to that big deal. Currently on the injured list right now, but um, slash line 245, 344, 432. Four home runs, 21 RBIs, three stolen bases. Uh, so positive OPS. He's, I mean, OPS of one, OPS plus of 117. Um, caught stealing twice. So he's at, he's at 40, he's at 60% steal percentage. But this is something where, uh, most of his, like all of his value has been offensive. So he's worth 0.9 war offensively. He's been worth minus 0.3 defensively. Uh, they have him playing in right field. He's played 38 games in right field, has one assist, has one error. And it's just something, uh, he's also DH'd one time. I forgot about that. It, it's just something where he's not adding a lot. He's not adding any sort of defensive stats to your team and so he he has to carry on the offense and the offense just isn't glaring he's not hitting tons of home runs not showing tons of power 456 is a decent slash line but i'm sorry it's a different decent slugging but not anything amazing to win you a rookie of the year so i don't think suzuki's gonna do it as well barring some sort of jump in his ability the guy who i think has a pretty good chance of the non-pitchers to do it uh is nolan gorman so nolan gorman and this is Sample size thing here. He has pretty good production, but the sample size is only 15 games. So playing second, 6-1, 2-10. Another situation where third baseman, first baseman, you've got um, a Goldschmidt and Arenado. So what do you do with them? You put them at second. Slash line is good. 298, 377, 553. Three home runs, 10 RBIs. Again, no stolen bases. Not a, you know, just not a big component of his game, but OPS plus of 166. And this is something where uh, 10, 10 starts, 13 games at second base. He's DH twice. Once he started, once he got moved into the role. But 
contributing a lot of his value. All of his value, actually, is offensive. So six-tenths of a point of war. Uh, it comes out over 162 games to be about six and a half. And he's been worth exactly zero defensive war. So he's not dragging the team down, even though he has three errors. Uh, fielding percentage is 935, so not great. But we knew his defense was not fantastic. We knew it was going to be a lot of um, it was going to be a lot of offensive production is what had to carry Nolan Gorman. And in just a minute, there's a couple guys who may be entering this race soon. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. They're your number one stop for everything from the NBA Finals, MLB. Um, Everything from, from hockey's going on. There's two teams left in hockey right now. UFC fights, all that good stuff. Obviously, shout out to Jimmy with Bet Online, getting us all these great stats on this great info to use. Um, so if you, if you want to place a bet, whether it's an NFL future, whether it's college baseball, the College World Series is coming up, all of that stuff, um, Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, so the last thing we have here is possible entrance into the race. And National League, I keep talking about O'Neill Cruz. I don't know at this point if O'Neill Cruz can come in and play well enough to win it. I think he can impact the race. He might be able to do enough because really it's, oh, I forgot a person. Oh my gosh, I forgot a person. Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore is leading the National League Rookie of the Year race. I don't know how I did this. Mackenzie Gore is leading the National League Rookie of the Year race. Uh, five to one odds. Somehow completely missed this in my notes. Okay, he's four and one with a one five zero ERA. 48 innings pitched, 17 walks to 57 strikeouts. And he's actually eighth in the entire National League in war. He's worth almost two points of war. So he's the clear front runner. And I don't know if O'Neill Cruz or Max Meyer, the two most likely National League call-ups, or the two expected National League call-ups, I don't know if either one of them can do enough to get into the race. Max Meyer would have to come up and just absolutely destroy. And he's, I mean, in AAA, he's got eight games. Uh, he's 2-2, two and two, ERA of 4-5-4. So I don't necessarily quite, I mean, and he's on the IL with a, with a, I believe it's a shoulder. So it's something where I don't necessarily think that he has enough um, polish there to come up and do it. 14 walks, 44 strikeouts. Nothing about his profile in AAA screams to me he's going to jump to the big leagues and take over National League Rookie of the Year race over Mackenzie Gore. O'Neill Cruz, I've talked about him plenty on this podcast. I think O'Neill Cruz is insanely talented. He's got a little bit of swing and his miss in his game. Unless he just comes up and absolutely destroys. I mean, you're already a third of the way through the season. I don't think O'Neill Cruz has the ability to come in and uh, and significantly like, and take over the race. I think he can probably impact the race a little bit. He can probably maybe get all the way up to third behind um, behind Gorman, ahead of Suzuki and Thomas and Yepes. I think he has the ability to do that. I don't think he has the ability to win the Rookie of the Year race. And obviously, this um, the extra service time and stuff, you know, all the you know the, the performance bonuses and all the accolades go to the number one and two guy in the National League and the American League Rookie of the Year races. So he may not be able to come up at enough time to even get himself extra money from the performance bonus or anything like that. So I think at this point, we're probably not going to have anybody in the National League to get promoted and surprise us. 
The American League, I think, has a little bit of options. It feels like it's a two-man race right now. It's Rodriguez and it's Pena. There's a couple guys you're going to see debut soon. Riley Green for the Tigers. Over the foot injuries, playing well. You're going to see him come up soon. Uh, I would have said Tristan Casas is a, is a threat with the Red Sox to come up soon. He's on the seven-day IL right now. I don't necessarily know if you're going to do that. Uh, Gabriel Arias is a guy with the Guardians who I think you may see soon. I don't know for a fact, but I don't know if he has the tools to take over this race. I think the only guy as of right now that legitimately um, may be able to impact this race is Vinny Pascantino of the Royals. So place first, uh, big boy, 6'4", 245. And we've talked about the struggles Carlos Santana has been having in Kansas City, how it's just about time to to end the, the Carlos Santana era and call up Vinny Pascantino. And all Pascantino has done in AAA Omaha is rake. 281, 370, 622 is the slash line. So his OPS is just under 1,000. He's played 52 games. He's got 15 home runs, 54 RBIs, 3 for 4 on stolen bases, um, 26 and 32 as far as walks and strikeouts go. So he strikes out um, just under every other game. I'm sorry, just over every other game. He walks just about every every other game. Uh, so has played very well. And you have to remember, this was a jump for him. He was in rookie ball before the pandemic. Uh, lost 2020. He, sp- he spent 2021 uh, divided between A ball and, I'm oh, sorry, uh, high A and double A. 55 games in double A. 52 games in triple A this year. It feels like he's about ready to go to the big leagues. Um, I think he absolutely can deliver value. You're not going to get much defensive value from a first baseman. We know that. But I think offensively, you replace him with Santana. He's going to do well. Is he going to do well enough to replace a Gorman and a Gore? I don't know. I'm sorry, uh, uh, a Rodriguez and a Pena? I don't necessarily know. But I think he can get himself into that conversation. I think he can probably get himself into that top five. I don't know at this point if anybody can get called up and be hot enough to knock off a Pena and a Rodriguez. Of those two guys, I think Pena is probably the guy to do it. But I just, um, I don't know. I mean, Pascantino is going to join this race when he comes up. I feel that confident about what he's done this year, the groove that he's been in, how well he's, he's played. I just don't necessarily think he's going to be able to impact the major league rookie of the year race in the American League uh, to the extent of taking it over. He can probably, like I said, join the top five. Um, I just don't think he'll actually win it. So if you're placing these bets, one, use bet online. Uh, that's where the game starts. But National League, your odds favorites right now, Nolan Gorman, 13 to 5, Mackenzie Gore, 5 to 1. Those are your two best bets. Uh, Gore, uh, both on decent teams. So Rodriguez and Pena in the American League. Rodriguez is at 3 to 2. Pena is at 5 to 2. Um, Pena is by far on the better team. Pena has more defensive value. The offense is very close, with the exception of the stolen bases, which is where Rodriguez is, is leading by far, leading all of baseball right now. I genuinely feel like this is probably going to end up being Jeremy Pena, assuming everybody stays healthy. So this is not official betting advice, but if you want to go out and do that, there's that. Uh, rest of the week, good stuff coming up. Um, Texas Rangers show tomorrow for a Farm Friday, going all through their system. Got some fun stuff beginning the next week, talking about now that rookie ball started, uh, who are some guys to watch in the Arizona Complex League, in the Florida Complex League, and in the, in the Dominican. 
and then giving you the uh, the last part of our mock draft next week, we actually did not stop at pick 30 like everybody else does. We also picked competitive balance round A. So I've got all of that for you as well right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm. 